0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: You're listening to Family Feud, part of the Paris style podcast family. They might not be brother and sister, but they sure do fight like they are. Here's your hosts, Keely Orr and Shotgun Spratling.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Family Feud podcast. I'm your host, Keely Orr, joined by Shotgun Spratling and cousin of the pod, Chris Trevino, a good show for you guys today. We're talking USC Notre Dame. Good show, bad game? Question mark. <laughs> we were at Selfin though, so that was fun. Always fun covering a game there. So we'll get into some stock up, stock down. We'll answer your questions. And we have a special take or leave it from Chrissy T. today. So we'll get into all of that. Whoa, special one. I, I don't know if it's special. I just, just said, said
0: that. I, I did not.
1: Chris <laughs> i trying know. to hype you up. I is like, I didn't even know it was special, but all right. Yeah, she just said that.
2: I'm trying to hype you up. Go with it. Leave <laughs> <Give> me alone. <laughs> As a reminder, if you have questions or submissions for the pod, email us at familyfewpod at gmail.com. Or look out for a tweet from Shotgun Spratling on Tuesdays. That's when we record. But, guys, like I said, another loss to cover for USC. Not the greatest of seasons for the Trojans, but we truck on. We still do our jobs, even though some people in our mentions are like, why are you covering this? It's our job, so we're doing it. Shotty, we went to South Bend. That was fun.
1: Yeah, South Bend's always fun. It's a great atmosphere. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that the rivalry hasn't been. The high stakes that it has been in the past, you know, it feels like for the last decade or so, one team or another is is good, um, and one or two years where neither team was great either. But you know, a lot of a lot of times it's been one team ranked and the other team not, and that's unfortunate that you're not having those classic games that you see on all the films when you you know or the the highlight reel that they start the the game with with the bush push and, and those type of games. So it that's unfortunate, uh, and you hope the rivalry gets back to that where both teams are top 15 teams and they're competing and the game really means something on the national landscape. Uh, it's a primetime game every time it's in South Bend, but you would hope that it was, it's primetime and everyone wants to view it because of what it means on the national picture and what it means for the college football playoff going forward, but that hasn't been the case recently.
2: Chrissy T., I know you got to watch this game from home. What was that experience like for you?
0: You know, it was a game that I felt that I was tempted to pick USC to win this game just because I wanted to see if the whole road team mentality came out against, you know, a better opponent than it has been against Colorado or Washington State. And, you know, I think they did look a lot better than they have in these last three games at the Coliseum. They did look a little more focused. And it was a game they absolutely could have left South Bend with a win. It was a one score game. In the second half, but then you know, just those same issues that have come up with finishing stuff, um, you know, getting in the in the red zone, punching it in in the red zone, you know, clock management issues. All these little things came up again, and you know, it is what it is. Defense let them down at the end, gave up that score. You know, just another uh, a continuation of all the problems we've seen, yeah. but a little bit closer on the road. They do, they are a better road team. I will say that overall, which doesn't really make much sense, but doesn't really make much sense because you still lost.
1: Yep. And you, you said the defense let them down at the end of the game. The offense let them down for two and a half quarters, uh, not doing anything. It was their turn to
0: hold the water. Yeah.
1: So, it, it, you know, a special teams let them down, Miss field goal, Miss extra point. It was a complete team effort, you know. Um, just to jump right in to, to stock up, stock down, uh, my stock up has missed opportunities. Just more and more. There was so many opportunities in this game where, hey, it's third and one on that first drive. You, you hit the running back in the backfield 3 yards deep but you can't make the tackle drive continues all these small things that that add up when you look at it and, and you know the coaches look at it and they go oh we were so close and the fans look at it and go no you weren't you were so far away but at the same time they are so close if they could clean things up this team still could play so much better and they could challenge you know this is a top 15 team they're playing against Notre Dame and I don't think this Notre Dame team is that great but it, you, it was winnable. It was a winnable game. There's opportunities there for USC to make big plays, and they don't make them. Whether it's a missed tackle, whether it's you know a third and ten play, the opening drive of the second half, good throw from Keaton Slovis hits Malcolm Epps in the shoulder pad. Now that's a tough catch. There's in between two defenders, but those are the type of plays that USC is just not making when they have opportunities to make a big time play. It's not being made. Whether it's the offensive line missing a block, where somebody not making a catch, whatever it may be everyone it's it's across the board it's not just the offense not just the defense not the coordinators it's everyone it's the players the coordinators the head coach the clock management every small thing USC is just not answering the the bell when it comes to those small details
2: given the season that we've seen from USC so far do you think a loss like this is more frustrating for fans because you're not you're playing a beatable Notre Dame team in South Bend, you had opportunities that, like you just said, jock and you missed versus a blowout loss that's historic in the Coliseum. I know that hurts as well for fans, but at least you kind of know for a while that that's coming in the game versus this. You had your opportunities.
1: I mean, I always felt as a when I was playing that, you know, in any sport, that the games that are really close. Those are the ones that are much more heartbreaking and frustrating than the ones where you just get blown out hey, they were just better than us, they blew us out, we didn't have a good game plan, whatever it may be. Whereas when you're close, you think about that one play you missed, that one block you missed, that one shot, that you know, one free throw you didn't make. You, know, you think of all those things, the small things, and those eat at you so much more. And as a fan, I think it's probably the same way as well. The ones where you feel like, if we just did this, or we just did this, it's a completely different game. Um, and USC had plenty of opportunities to do that. Whereas there were so many chances where, you make one play, and suddenly it's a one-possession game way before the fourth quarter. But they just never made those plays along the way. And when they do get a couple scores in the fourth quarter, and you go, "Okay, now we need the defense to make a stop," and they get a couple of penalties that one of them a terrible penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct that you know really pushes Notre Dame into field goal range already, which is terrible for you because you need a you need a stop, you need a shutdown, and they can't get it.
2: Yeah, I had stock up for Keontae Ingram. I thought he took another step this week. 24 carries for 138 yards and a touchdown. He was worried about the cold weather, but it looked like that was fine for him. Um, also, stock down for NBC for taking Chris's
0: photo. Why are you stepping on my heart?
2: Oh, sorry. That's okay. Never mind. I didn't say anything. Um,
0: so rude.
2: <laughs> but uh, stock up for him. I mean, I think he. we can see that he's become the number one back for USC in that sense, and he's playing well. So stock up for him.
1: Yeah, he, was, he was terrific, a uh, number of plays where there wasn't anything he created something. Yeah. and then when there was some space, you know he turned it into some big runs. You know, there were some 15, 20, 25 yard runs in there, which is something USC hasn't been consistently getting. I thought their blocking on the second level was much better this game, both in the screen game and for Keontae Ingram. Um, when they when they gave him an opportunity, he made the most of it and picked up some tough yards at times and you know when they went to the run game, the offense just—it it looks so much different than when they started the game with three straight passes and you know three and out with a sack and a near sack. The run game is—is is the key to the offense, in my opinion. I think it's been the case all season. And when they rely on it, the—the the more they rely on it, the better the offense has been.
2: Also, props to him for film study because I asked him like you looked really patient. Uh, once you got the ball in your hands and he said i noticed on film that they would stunt immediately and so i would kind of wait for that trash to clear and then see where i could find my opening so i thought that was interesting as well because you could definitely see that in the second half he was getting very patient and i think that's why he also had success on saturday
1: yeah they ran a lot of inside zone this game which is something they haven't done a ton of they've they've run much more outside zone so they ran a bunch of inside zone and he was kind of being patient picking his spots uh, and the the offense, the interior linemen were given a little bit of push to, to get them a couple yards before contact, and then when they did pop an outside zone in, it went for like 20-something yards because they got outside of Notre Dame and was able to to get some green grass and a really nice block from Taj Washington on the particular play I'm speaking of. So they did some nice things in the run game, both inside and outside. Can they build on it? That's the question. And will they actually use the run game as much as they, they can?
2: Yeah. All,
0: all i can say about Keontae is that he's just so much fun to watch run you know whether he's like throwing in a little spin move or just putting his head down just running hard it's just uh, that that's one big thing i took away from watching um some of usc's usc's offense um from the re- the broadcast is just he's running really well and he's like an, i don't it, usc's been struggling so much i don't think people are realizing how well he's playing right now mm-hmm. um so that's that is disappointing but it's, it's nice that we can give him some love on this show. Oh. And it's a great interview.
2: He is. Very fun.
0: Maybe the, the b- brightest spot on the offense when it comes to interviews.
2: Wow. Huh.
1: Yeah. That, that's, I think that's pretty easy, actually.
0: Take it or leave it.
2: <laughs> I'll take it. Take it. <laughs> I guess stock down? Oh, wait. Chris, did you have something? Oh, yeah. You didn't even go. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk about, I feel like we go through the same stocks up and down every week. Because it's the same every like week. game. Drake, pretty much. London, we know he's very good at football. So <laughs> why I, are you I, your arms? Right I don't now? know. He's I have like no. A... I have no energy. I just need to <laughs> yeah, try to inject it you in were like,
2: myself. you like. is so fun to watch. Like in the most like monotone voice.
0: My voice is very shot, so I sound a lot sexier today. Actually, I kind of like it.
2: <laughs> Debatable, but continue. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome back to Family Few Radio. We'll be taking your calls. <laughs> Uh, fellas, yeah, you scares. got lady problems? Call Set Me in a Shotgun. Helium <laughs> Boys we will, will give you advice. Someone got a good no- point. Yeah, got a good point. We we we've been through it all, seen it all, so we can help you <laughs> in your darkest hour of need. Sorry, that was a little sidetracked. but I went a little bit off the gr- the grid with mine with this because okay. we only get one. So I just wanted to throw something yeah, out there. We're
2: having a minimized yeah. stockage. Stock
0: up for me is the Q two QB system. You know, your your fans were watching this, USC fans were watching this game and watching a Notre Dame team use this QB system that could reflect what maybe USC will move towards. You have the veteran, Jack Cohn who is the starter, but then you have a talented runner-type freshman in Ty Buchanan coming in and, you know, giving some spot play, giving some packages. And I think that is obviously where Jackson Dart was probably leaning towards for Washington State before he, you know— had to come in and play a full game and injured his knee doing all that. But maybe that's kind of the blueprint we'll see moving forward because obviously it kind of worked on the other side. Both of them got got touchdowns. I think Ty played really well. Um, my voice is giving out right now, so I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> okay. What's interesting is that
1: they actually have a three-quarterback system prior to the USC game. They've been mixing in uh, Drew Pike, I believe it was. Pine. Pine as uh, is, is a third guy, which is – Unheard of, basically for a, for a top fifteen team to be mixing in three quarterbacks like that. But against USC, I think they streamlined it a little bit, and it seemed like from from listening to some of the Notre Dame sites and reading some stuff, it seemed like they streamlined it, and I think it worked really well. Um, and Buckner played with more confidence than what he had in the past. You know, we had a, the longest throw that they had for the game was a fifteen yard throw to Michael Mayer, which was from Buckner in the middle of USC zone. So it's interesting that they changed some things. They made a lot of adjustments in the bye week that really worked for them. You know, they, they got the ball out quicker, you know, a lot of short passes. They tried to attack down, down the field vertically, which is what they've been doing all season, but it was much more the quick passes. And against USC zone, Cohn was able to find uh, Michael Mayer several times. So uh, I thought that they are, what they did with those two quarterbacks w- was really smart and worked out really well for them.
2: And to your point, shotgun that you said on Tunnel Vision, Notre Dame used their bye week well in that sense.
1: Yeah, and going back and looking through the film, and I said, you know, ask Keeley and Ryan on Tunnel Vision, did you notice anything really different from USC? When I went back and watched it more, um, you know, dissected a little bit more, there were uh, some diff- significant differences for USC. Unfortunately for USC, those didn't pay off a lot like Notre Dame's did. So you don't notice them as much when they don't pay off. So
2: can we get an example?
1: I mean, the three two six dime. I mean, when you when you're coming in, and that's something they used a little bit against Washington State, but that's when you think of Notre Dame, you think of a downhill running team, three, two, six, you know, starting with three down linemen, that seems a little bit strange and six, you know, putting four safeties on the field, but it's something that worked for them early until Notre Dame, uh, you know, Notre Dame wasn't able to run against it early, but then Notre Dame really put an emphasis on being downhill. And that's when on the second drive, USC called a timeout. and was like, let's scrap this. Let's go to four down linemen. And they kind of changed the the way they progressed from there. But that was one of the things they they did. Some other things. There were some wrinkles on the offensive side. You know the the fake screen to Eric Cromenhook. You know the you know him faking that he was going to block for the wide receiver screen, and just the attention that Drake London continues to get is opening up things. And that's another thing there. He there was a couple double moves that USC did on the offense that were were something they had worked on during the bye week. Drake London, the longest catch he's had all season, I think it was 46 yards or something to start one of those drives, was a double move. So there were some wrinkles in there that were new. It just, you know, what Notre Dame did worked really well for them, and USC showed up in in, in pieces, whereas Notre Dame's was pretty consistent for them.
2: Already, let's move on to stock
1: down. Can I at least list my other ones? <sighs> Go. <laughs> the young guys. I mean, Jalen Smith, Kyle Ford, Prophet Brown, Ishmael Sopsher getting his first playing time. Uh, th- those guys all got extra, more opportunities than they had previously. And maybe that comes directly from that young guy scrimmage they talked about. But those four guys I had on there as well. And the last one I had was wasted timeouts. Stock up on those because there were, there were multiple of those.
2: A good old Chrissy T. He
1: up, doesn't get negative. credit for just being the only one. I've done this for years now.
2: Oh, you don't like people taking credit for something you've done for years. Yeah. Interesting, shorty. Yeah. Short, eh? yeah. All right, stock down. What you got? Chrissy T, I'm going to you first. Hopefully me? your voice has recovered.
0: It's not, but here we are, <laughs> me talking into the microphone. Um, You know, just something that has uh, a unit that's popped on and off this Stock up, stock down. You know the offensive line did not have a great game, particularly that right side. Um, Slovis was under duress early in the game, affected a lot of his passing. You know, you guys talked to McGuire. I believe you talked to McGuire. Just said mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't good enough, and it wasn't good enough. You you need you, you need to protect protect Keaton, who who had moments in this game, but you needed to protect him a little bit better um, if you wanted to, to to walk out of that that game with a win. And that didn't happen, so I got to put on offensive line for stock down.
1: Yeah, I think Jonah Munheim is a big part of that. He got benched basically after the first two drives. Um, and USC third and long situations, Notre Dame was consistently bringing pressure, and USC didn't handle it very well. Now some of those, you know, when you're third and eight, you're third and eleven, which were the two situations where USC was in the red zone. Trying to go to Malcolm Epps both times. One of them turns into an interception. The other one is a high throw because Keenan Sloves gets hit. Both times, if you get a tenth, maybe two tenths of a second more, one of them's probably, you know, one of them may be a completion. You know, the the high throw to Epps. See what happens there on that one. The other one, the interception, Epps is open. That could be a touchdown. And that that's a ten point swing there now good job by the defense to sudden change be able to stop them in the red zone after that interception runs down to the five and uh, give credit to Keaton slowis for hustling down and making that tackle yeah but that's seven points potentially for USC that's tying the game early instead of giving points away and suddenly being down by two scores you know when you're in the red zone and think you have a chance and it was that much extra time is what they needed they struggle with the stunts that that Notre Dame uh, did against them you know they really attacked the guards at times with their stunts with the defensive ends really hit like on the interception, Liam Jimmins gets knocked off his feet from the defensive end coming inside. And I don't know if it's communication. I don't know exactly what needed to be fixed there, but they did not handle those stunts well. And it showed up particularly in those third and long situations. When the offensive line gave Slovis time, USC picked picked apart Notre Dame's defense for the most part. So it, it, it comes back to them i mean that's always the key on the offense is you know, the offense line giving the quarterback time and creating some running lanes and they did a pretty good job in the run game. but the, uh, the in the past game those sacks you know were crucial. you had one to begin a, but to begin a first and ten inside the red zone um, you had the, the one to start the game and you had the, the big one um, that created the interception, which i don't even think they got credit for a sack on that one but so and then the final one at the end of the game. So it's just those were huge plays, each one of them. And, you know, that always comes back to the offensive line. Also, I should
0: specify pass pro, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Also, audible stock down for just offensive line penalties in crucial situations as well.
1: Yep. The, several of those just back them up. When you go from third and two to third and seven at one point, you go and then you pick up that first down. And a couple plays later, it's first and 15, and then that becomes that third and eleven. That they don't convert to Malcolm Epps. But the biggest one was the holding penalty on Brett Nealon, on that final drive that USC had. And, you know, when I asked Clay McGuire about the penalties, he said, yeah, the false starts, you know, that's communication. we got to get that cleaned up. He didn't fault Brett Nealon as much for that. He said he's just striving to finish the block right there. He said he's just got to let him go when he gets outside of him like that. But he, you know, it's one of those effort plays that, you know, sometimes it comes back to bite you when you tried a little bit too hard on something. And, you know, that would have been a big play because that would have been a first down. Instead you're backed up, now it's like second and fourteen or something, they negative play on the next play, and it just all falls apart from there.
2: Now, I know this is like calling on memories that feel like nine years ago, but I know that USC and specifically talking to some of the linemen and Clay McGuire, they really struggled with the stunts that Oregon State did, I believe. How did that compare to what Notre Dame did?
1: It's hard to say necessarily until talking to those offensive linemen and you know, after they see the tape and see what they Was it communication? Was it them just not getting their head around? Um, Was Notre Dame confusing them? You know, that's something that we'll be asking today with some of those offensive linemen. You know, what exactly happened on those? Just off the top of my head, I couldn't necessarily tell a huge difference there. It's just, you know, Notre Dame did a really good job of those defensive ends coming in and being low and driving into the interior linemen to create that space and then either. You know, being able to come come off that and go get the quarterback themselves or creating that, that loop around for the defensive tackle to go make a play. Yeah.
2: So I had stocked down for chemistry between Keaton Slovis and Dante Williams because this was something that I noticed during the game, but then it also stood out to me when I did the rewatch of the broadcast. Um, in person, I noticed, you know, that last play that the fourth and 22 or whatever that, that USC had um coming off the field Dante was just all up in in Keen's face and was like basically saying and I and I asked Keen after the game like you should have gotten the ball off sooner stuff like that and it, and, and Keen just kind of shrugged his shoulders and shook his head like I don't know what to do here and then we heard from from Dante after the game he suggested that he wanted Keen to spike the ball prior to the end of the first half and he didn't and then on the broadcast you can actually see Dante kind of chirping at him to do that and Keaton kind of walks away a little bit. Like, he doesn't really pay attention to that. And I think, in my mind, it kind of goes back to how odd the quarterback situation has been handled since Dante Williams became interim head coach, given the whole Jackson Dart situation. Like, we never heard Dante say, and, like, we have, but not as definite, I think, as as you probably would for your third-year starter. Like, Keaton Slovis is our guy. He's our starter. When Jackson Dart comes back, like, we'll see. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, he didn't, I don't think he's gotten the support from Dante that maybe you would expect. And I don't know if that's just because Dante's a defensive coach. It's not like a Clay Helton thing where he really stumped for the quarterbacks and protected them publicly. I don't know. But just, I sense a growing tension there. And I just stuck down for that.
1: So when I watched the broadcast, I don't think it doesn't seem like the end of the first half that Dante Williams is chirping at Keaton Slovis. To me, it looks like it's at Stanton Keen, who is the the guy who's calling in the plays, who gets the call from Graham Harrell and signals in the plays. And when you watch Keaton Slovis when he first comes off the field, Is that who
0: he's talking to. I believe that's yeah. who
1: he's talking to. Um, and when Keaton comes off the field, he's talking to to Stanton there, um, and he's making some motion with his hands about. You know, it seemed like. You know the call. Whether he got the right call, there's a miscommunication. I don't mm. know. But Dante's like waiting around, and he looks at, at Keaton. But he, it seems like he's yelling more at the person who was signaling the calls in. Okay. Um. And you know, I think Keaton, because he's not yelling at him, I think Keaton just kind of jogs off and goes to the locker room because Dante continues yelling after Keaton's already passed. Uh. You know, has, has gone out of the frame of the of the of the the shot that they have. So. I think the, there is an issue there. Obviously, there was a miscommunication somewhere. Yeah. Dante wanted the ball spiked after the run. And, and Dante's talked about this last night on Trojans Live. He said, I didn't have a problem with the first down run, which a lot of people looked at it and like, why are you running the ball with 30 seconds left um, after they picked up the fourth and two? And he said, I, I didn't have a problem with it because it got us into field goal range. And he's absolutely correct. It was a six yard run, it, it turns it into like a 47 yard field goal versus a 53, 54 yard field goal. So, but if you spike it then and I went back and looked at it, if you spike it, get everybody in the line and spike it, you have about 14, 13 to 15 seconds. So in that time, you're at the uh, I believe it's a 30 31 yard line somewhere out right there, you have an opportunity to do a couple different things. You can take that shot to the end zone, which they end up trying to do on that play when they don't spike it. And there, there's a big issue. Drew Brees talks about it on on the broadcast. big issue is, if you're in that situation, why are you not looking to Drake London? And he ends up being wide open on the play. But he's the guy you got to be looking at. Now, you may look to the right side to try to move the safety or whatever, but you come back to Drake London and say, let me throw it up to him. If it goes out of bounds, if I throw it too high or whatever, or if he doesn't catch it, then we have it, you know, it stops the clock. You live to fight another, another day. But if you spike it, you have that option. You can do that. You can run the same exact play and hopefully you throw it instead of trying to run it but you also have the option of running, you know, a 6-8 yard out and getting a closer field goal instead of being a 47 yarder now you you know you're 38 yarder or something like that. So I think there was just more options but again it all comes back even before all that timeout usage. You know, two timeouts wasted on defense. One of them was you know they they came out with their 3-2-6, it wasn't working. We're going to change things. Okay. The other one was miscommunication, getting people on the field. That one's a wasted timeout because you're just not getting the right subs in. And then they take a timeout before the fourth and two. Now, the reason why they took it, and what I believe was Keaton said, was they just didn't like the look that they had from the sideline. And he's looking to the sideline like, are we going to run this play? Are we going to run this play? What are we doing? And eventually they call the timeout. But how beneficial would it have been to have that timeout? You know? yeah. uh, so you know you need to make it pick up the fourth and two, so I understand taking a the timeout there. But it's just not a good usage of all three timeouts in that half. And you know, if you have that extra timeout, you can come to the sideline and say, "Okay, what do we want to run?" And figure out, you know, to throw the ball to Drake London. That's what you want to run.
0: All I gotta say on that is, Dante hasn't kissed him. (laughs) Oh my goodness! (laughs) This is true. that we've seen? That we've seen? Yeah. (laughs) That's all I gotta say. Okay. The wrong way, kissed another man. Shocking. Come here. Stay away from me, Chris.
2: Shotty, have you done stock down? I have not. My, okay. my
0: stock down is thriving
1: in the limelight because USC and you, you go back to the Pete Carroll era and everyone. Obviously, that's the the most recent golden age for USC. What did USC do so well? Whenever there's a big game, they got up for it and they played great. Right when they struggled was, oh, we got to go to Oregon State. You know, who's watching this game? It's at you know, it's at 10 p.m. on the on the East Coast. Is anyone paying it? Those were the games where they struggled, not the big games. USC though, recently in the big games, they just haven't performed. Um, you know, they played down to their competition at times, and then when they've had a chance to play up to someone else, they're just not making those plays. So, thriving the limelight, especially this game. Obviously, it's always going to have a national. It's going to be on a national stage, and people are going to pay attention to it because it's the you know one of the best rivalries in college football.
2: But also, just stock down for that, considering that game day went to UCLA, Oregon. On USC Notre Dame weekend,
1: yeah, UCLA, Oregon, actually has college football playoff impact though. I think.
2: I'm just saying, like in an ideal situation, the USC Notre Dame game would. True. So,
1: but it hasn't recently. So
2: nope, not at all. Shoddy, I'm
1: I'm want to move on, but this is usually when you go wait,
2: wait, I want to say this and that.
1: So <laughs> go for it. I mean, the last one that I had was end of half execution, which we talked about. So. I mean, it's interesting how well USC performed last year at the end of games, coming back in that Arizona State and the Arizona games, uh, at the UCLA game, and they just they did not look very good that that final drive. And it, it was an interesting drive because it was 4 minutes to go and they were running the ball, so they're kind of taking the clock away, so that if Notre Dame did get the ball back, but they never got like the 15, 20-yard chunk play to really get them in position. To be like, okay, we're going to score on this drive, so we gotta save time. So it was always kind of an in between. And then, you know, the last minute they just did not did not do well with the clock management.
2: Alrighty, let's move on to some questions that we have. First one is from USC Twitter who says, How long will Ben Griffith stick around?
0: I mean, Ben is an older man. He's a wise man, got married recently, yeah, you During know the, bi- the old bi week marriage the old <laughs> bi week marriage uh you know, maybe you know, he's ready to move on, make his next chapter in his life, go on, go on to other things. what
2: I don't know the way you're talking about this sounds like it's like a storybook.
0: <laughs> Why can't it be a storybook? You know, better I, I, with a storybook wedding?
1: Uh, sure uh, the answer is forever forever. No one gets that reference?
2: Yeah, I do. That's a movie reference that I do know. Oh, Thank wow. you very much.
1: That'd be the sandlot there for anyone who doesn't get it. Um Yeah, I mean, the way he's punted this year, I, I think he's ready to go pro. So I think this is probably the last year. Now, you don't often see punters leaving early, but you also don't often see 30-year-olds playing college football.
2: Also, I am not legally allowed to talk about this, but someone might have against Utah – had a 71-yard punt that I didn't mention, but I just am saying that someone did someone have that. Did, yeah. someone, <laughs> someone did someone have did. that, and I am just saying it. We got a question from, or kind of a suggestion. I don't know.
1: His, his two punts in this game were two punts for 99 yards, 49 and a half average. One of them did go into the end zone for a touchback, but that was on yeah. the coverage unit. Yeah, he, that was a great punt yes. inside the five-yard line. They had plenty of hang time. Two terrific punts once again. So he's been he's been really, really good. We don't talk about it, of course, because Keely's not allowed to. <laughs> no, um, but he's been really, really good this season, and you know we're actually seeing the booming punts that that we had anticipated a couple years ago.
2: Maybe it's because I'm not talking about it. He can finally shine. Oh, so. true. It's all I'm, you. I'm the curse. Doug says, stuck up or down on Keaton Slovis transferring next year to improve his draft status. USC has destroyed his status, but he might have a chance for better film at a different school. Also, he is plenty fast enough, Uh, and then he references the interception uh, tackle, to run a bootleg or delayed keeper. And that's a question that we've gotten from other people at different times. What does USC do with Keaton Slovis, and what does Keaton Slovis do after the season?
0: I mean, just answering that question. Sorry, I just bit my mouth. I would say, so if you listen, to that it comes out weird. That's because of that. Uh, I would say, stock up on that. I mean, that seems to be the way of college football now, especially for a quarterback. You know, look at look at Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. You know, that's probably that's a similar situation where their stock has really taken a downturn. They're not really playing well in their junior years. You know, it might be time to reset, re- refresh, start somewhere new. I, I think. Keenan would be a pretty I think Keenan. if Keenan entered he would get a lot of calls he would get a lot of calls and I think he would be a hot commodity and I think yeah that'd be a chance for him to go out there get some new tape go in a different sort of offense you know you know we don't know what's going to happen there um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened
1: I mean I wouldn't be surprised but I wouldn't be surprised if any number of players go in the transfer portal because you just don't know what's going to happen with the coaching hire you know if a triple option coach comes in, then yeah, he's going to transfer. I think he's going to, his best move is to wait, see what the offense is, see what the conversations are with the new coach, the new offensive coordinator, where they feel he's at. Are they looking for a dual threat guy? Are they looking for more someone like Jackson Dart? If not, you know, why would he not think that he can win the competition? You know, every fan thinks Jackson Dart's automatically better than him, but if you're a quarterback, you've got to have confidence. So you should think that you can win that that competition. So if you feel like you fit in the offense that's coming in, then I don't know that you would transfer um, unless you you think there's a spot where you're gonna have a better offensive line, better receivers. You know, if you can transfer to an Oklahoma type of program where, you know, usually the pieces around you are, are you know, are, are consistently really good, which they haven't actually been that great this year uh, on the offensive line. But, you know, that's what you would be looking for. Is there a place that's gonna be better fitting that would help you boost yourself or are you going into a competition somewhere else and you got to prove yourself to people that don't know you and you don't have a good connection with the wide receivers like you already you know should have with the USC ones I think those are all the things that you're going to be weighing when you look at that decision I don't think he's automatically the backup so that's why I don't think you automatically look at the transfer portal. If he loses his job later this year then yes.
0: Or he just goes where Harold goes
1: I mean, I think you could even improve your stock if you show what you can do in a different system, too. So, I mean, there's different ways to look at it, obviously. So, I mean, if he lights the world on fire the last five games, then you could say maybe he just enters the NFL draft. There's not a ton of good quarterbacks in this year's. It's not a good class. So, you know, he might end up seeing his stock rise just because there's not a ton of talented uh, quarterbacks across the nation this year, in my opinion. Lots of options.
2: We got a question from Nathan who said, you may have already tackled this. Maybe it's a missed Wink. tackle. Uh, but do you think USC would have the same win-loss record had they allowed Helton to stay on and finish the season?
1: I like your little subtle miss tackle <sighs> throw in there.
2: I, that was a stock down that I forgot to say.
1: <laughs> would
0: it be a different record?
1: I don't know that it would be any different. I, I think... I don't... I mean... They probably handle the end of the half a little bit better there. But even if they score a touchdown there, it doesn't change the outcome of the game. So overall, I don't know that it would be anything drastically different. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, This team just is not as talented as some of the previous USC teams are, and they've struggled in certain areas. And, you know, it's been the same issues over and over, whether it was the first two games or – you know, the last five games. So I don't feel like there's something that's been drastically different. You'd be like, Oh, that's something that never happened or under Clay Hilton.
0: Yeah. I don't think there'd be a massive change. I don't think they'd be like five and one at this point or something, whatever. I think it'd be pretty similar to what we're seeing now.
2: Yeah. Uh, We got two coaching questions that I'm putting together. Uh, First one's from Rechan, 18, who said, if you had your pick of realistic coaches for USC, who would it be? Then we got a question from Eric who said, do you have a favorite head coach candidate based on how interesting he will make your jobs, i.e. crazy press conferences, willing, willingness to do in-depth interviews, more access to practices, etc. Interesting question.
0: I'll be honest with you. Yes. Didn't hear the first part of the first question. but for the, But for the second part. <laughs> Of if you had a pick question. of realistic coaches for USC, who would it be?
1: That was the first question.
0: You okay, like pretty direct simple. Direct eye with me. That's what I thought I zoned out. <laughs> for the second question, I don't really know enough about their practice habits or their practice media relationships or stuff like that or crazy interviews. Um, whatever the case, I expect the next size coach to give us less practice access. So I don't. I don't see anyone giving us more um in terms of like crazy interviews. I think Aranda would be fun. He seems a little intense, which I kind of like <laughs> for some reason. I think he's just he just seems like he only takes cold showers. <laughs> um
2: Is that how you say it? Aranda? Aranda? I thought it's Aranda. I don't know. I was just wondering.
0: Look, you do you, I do me. Okay, go for it. <laughs> Um, and then realistic options, my two favorite, is that, Does he say two?
2: Chris, where are you? <laughs> if you had to pick, if you had your pick of realistic coaches for USC, who would it be? The word two is not mentioned.
0: I heard two.
1: You've been told this question now three or four times and <laughs> you're yeah, still struggling with it. That's why I
0: black it out. <laughs> just, Just cut up something I said two weeks ago. <laughs> Shakan, you go. I'm done talking right now. (laughs) What's your answer? Yeah, I'll think about it. You go. (laughs) Realistic, uh, Aranda,
1: I I think, is doing a great job with Baylor. uh, Defensive coach, Uh, Luke Fickle, I I think because he has the experience at Ohio State, I think is very, very intriguing. Um, Obviously winning with less at Cincinnati, but also the experience recruiting to a major power like Ohio State, and he did really well there doing that. So I think those two – Kind of stand out to me. My unrealistic choice is still Nick Saban. I mean, do you get any if you got a choice, <laughs> taking good him. However, a. he would be terrible for the second question Ooh. as a head coach. Um, though he does say some stuff that gets he, national attention. He good,
0: he can give a good quote.
2: But we'd have to watch yeah, our Yeah,
1: but also verbiage. he doesn't allow basically anyone to be interviewed. No coordinators or coaches are allowed to be interviewed. No freshmen are allowed to be, I believe. Also, so. if
2: we say Nick, well, it would be
0: horrible.
1: No. <laughs> Let's just
0: bring primetime in here. No. <laughs> Let's get um, coach primetime. That,
1: so that's crazy, crazy press conference. You never know what Dion's going to say. Um, uh, but I think Brett Bielema is also, I don't know that he's a USC candidate, but talk about interesting comments being made. When he just, did you guys see what he said about his offensive lineman last week? No. Now it worked because they beat Penn State, but he was just basically like, we don't have anyone on the too deep that we would have recruited here. Basically,
2: <sighs> yikes.
1: So basically, just throwing under the bus whoever was the head coach previously. Like, I don't know what the hell they were doing, but I wouldn't have recruited any of these guys.
2: Yikes, Serino. But
1: it worked. They beat uh, they beat a top ten Penn State team in like seventy two overtime. <laughs> was- a very bad football game.
2: We were watching that in the car and it was just like make this game in, please. Never would end. Yeah. Uh Chris, did you say anything about this or did you just question it a million times?
0: I would have said Fickle and Campbell.
2: <laughs> okay. I think Aranda, Fickle, Campbell It's kind of in the real hot. You
0: just gonna throw out every hot name that's yeah. on the
1: board?
2: Also
0: two point five <laughs> Mike
1: Tomlin. Let's just
2: I okay, I've heard the Mike Tomlin. Suggestion before, but then once Carson said it, I was like, huh, it's a good idea. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like the way he packaged it, I was like, huh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. um I think that's it for questions. And also, talking about the game, uh watching the Penn State game in the car made me realize we never did Hurt It On the Sideline. So let's do some Hurt It On the Sideline. Chrissy T, I know I already encroached on yours, so you have it ready. What do you got? I don't want to go. <laughs> Why do you are so difficult
0: she throws it to me shotgun i'm throwing to you
2: it's like hot potato um
1: i thought it was very interesting listening to some of the the notre dame photographers and media that were on the sidelines uh talking about drake london um they were like they were talking about slovis they're like he looks at 15 every time he really likes him i'm like no shit you would really like him too if he was your wide receiver he like likes him yeah he like likes him uh he there's Drake London is, is just fantastic, but to, when you have opposing media that don't see him all the time, just kind of hear them kind of rave about him and be like, wow, this guy, he's always open. He has so many catches already. And he had like eight catches for 102 yards in like the second quarter. Um, but another phenomenal game for him, career high, 171 uh, yards in that one, and another 15-catch performance, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's on pace to break Marquise Lee's school record for catches. And – but. It would help him if USC could, you know, win a couple of games so they can become eligible to to help out his potential for stats as well.
2: Yeah. Also, as far as not like really recognizing the Drake London, the fans didn't know I think what he was capable of because <laughs> there was a early screen where there's defender right there at the line of scrimmage and the whole crowd was like, yeah, and then he, Drake was like, bye, like to he the yard. shrugged him off. Yards after catch is just unreal for Mister Drake London. I heard it on the stadium walk (laughs) was on the way into the stadium we actually timed it unintentionally where we had to wait for usc's band to pass us and like some of the notre dame fans ran up because they were like oh it's you know the band and one of the notre dame fans was like because you know how they do like just like they do the little drum thing they don't Mm -hmm. play any song he was like, play the fight song. Why aren't you playing the fight song? And then one of the other Notre Dame fans was like, they played a million times. Just wait. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I had another uh, security guard come up to me and was like, so you covered the team. Do you hear the fight song? Like, how do you, how do you put up with that? And I'm like, you don't really hear it at a certain point. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Keely knows I don't ever hear the music. He
2: doesn't like, hear anything. He didn't even notice that there are like yellow flowers bordering the stadium until
1: nope. <laughs> after the game was over. And I came, pointed like, them out. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I also, like what's in between those lines?
2: Shouts to the Midwestern hospitality. Always a fun time at Notre Dame. <laughs> everyone on the field is so great. It's, and the Midwest fans, USC fans who come to the stadium and yell at me in shock, and shotgun, that's always fun too. So thank you to everyone for that. It's always fun.
1: Yeah, and their SIDs do a great job over there and take care take care of everything. And they have pizza in the press box afterwards. Always. Pizza? Pizza. Always a good choice.
2: No gluten free, but it's fine. I'm not bitter.
0: Chris, what you got? Getting ripped off. That's what I, I got. <laughs>
2: sorry. Wow. I really hard at that. I'm sorry.
0: Obviously, I wasn't able to watch the game live, but I did get notifications about NBC apparently taking my photo that I tweeted uh, on Tuesday's practice uh, about Keontae Ingram's uh, fantastic reaction to finding out the temperature for uh, uh, Saturday's game. It's going to be in the low 40s, just a great expression. And they took my photo, didn't cite me, didn't do anything of that nature. Uh, So, yeah, that's kind of my hurt it. I don't really have anything other to say than that, and that's pretty sheisty. That's
1: what you call some
0: bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) I don't really, I want to curse right now, but I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I'm just going to not do it.
2: Okay. Yeah. I thought that was pretty bold to just rip your photo and not, it's like you got it somewhere. Come on. You
0: got it somewhere. Come on. And I just want to do a shameless plug. Oh. To follow us on TikTok (laughs) at the Peristyle. I posted the entire clip on TikTok. And if you don't know what TikTok is, you're too old. Don't worry about it. You don't know what that is. So <laughs> seriously, don't worry about it. Uh, but I posted on TikTok and it's gone a little bit of viral. It's gone over 700,000 views. Hey. Over 48,000 likes.
2: Hey, hey. And
0: we started with five followers when I posted that. We have over, we're approaching 400 right now. Ayo. So it has gotten very spicy over there. So the if you are on TikTok, come follow us at the Peristyle Shameless Plug. Uh, we got some some cool stuff coming on there. Hopefully some, some pushing some content. So go to follow, uh, and go, go F yourself, NBC. How about that?
2: <laughs> my goodness.
0: <laughs> um, That's my hurt. It.
2: Audible hurt it or a bonus hurt it actually. Bonus for you, Chris. I didn't tell you this cause I wanted your reaction on. Let's go. It's not that exciting. Um, oh. <laughs> so. Shaka and I are waiting, kind of just taking in the observations when the final players are trickling out and going to the buses and we see Izzy Jackson Dart walk up to this guy. And I was like, you kind of know post game, like, if someone's more important than other people just because, like, their skin looks nice or, like, they're dressed better. Their yeah. Rich nice. people have really nice skin. Um,
1: <laughs> rich people are more important now, huh? Wow. What? Ha- you just said you, if someone's more important than you said, rich people have nice skin.
2: But the, that's not transitive property. That is transitive. No, it isn't. And so I turned to Shaka and I'm like, hey, hey, who started talking to you? Like, it, like it seems, he seems important. And Shaka's like, well, he's dressed really nice. Take this over. You you take it.
1: I said, well, he's dressed really nice. He had some nice shoes on, nice suit. I was like, he's got an attractive wife. There's a couple kids there. One-on-one Notre Dame stuff on. So I was like, is this, is this like an agent type of thing? Is this like someone from the Notre Dame administration or something? And we were kind of at the profile view, so we couldn't really tell. And then the person turned, and we're like, oh, that's Drew Brees. (laughs) We felt like complete idiots.
0: (laughs) Drew Brees, you didn't see the birthmark? That
1: was on the other side, so we couldn't couldn't
0: see it. We we definitely
2: would have recognized that. Is
0: he taller than Drew Brees? Jackson Dart, yes. Okay, that's Drew Brees par- is is very small.
2: That's partially what threw me off. I thought he would be much bigger. No. I was like, his career is even more impressive now that I've seen him in person because he's tiny.
0: They call him baby side, They call him Tyler Breeze for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's why, by them. I mean, me.
1: It's <laughs> why he jumped when he throws most of the time. Right, a little, a little hop into it to get a little extra inch.
2: Unreal, unreal. Before I uh, pass it to you, Chrissy T, for take it or leave it. Oh we
1: well, a- I got a bonus one too. Oh, okay, of course you do. Um, when we were interviewing the players and stuff, talking to Brett and Elon, and asked about the red zone inefficiencies that USC had, has had all season, but in this Notre Dame game, he says, it seems like we're allergic to the end zone at times. And I was like, whoa, that's a, that's true. That's true. That's what it is. It's true. It feels like they're allergic to the end zone. They just can't get in there and that's been killing them all season but i thought it was a, a kind of a, a bold quote from from brett Neilan to admit that because you know I, I think a lot of fans would agree with that sentiment um, but to hear it from the players and i think that tells you how frustrated they are by the situation as well
2: yeah i mean but to be fair brett nilon has had some good quotes after losses i remember after the oregon game last year he was like or last year or two years ago he was like it was like blitzkrieg um when that all fell apart so he's had some good quotes some honest quotes chrissy t before i pass it to you for some take it or leave it we have a last minute comment slash question okay that came in <laughs> it's from steven i don't think that's his real name because it's steven taylor's version which is a song uh but we'll go with steven for now he says with the greatest of respect Why does Chris sound silky smooth when he does instant analysis, but the voice sounds like literal gravel when doing a family feud? Hashtag, he should still be permanent. Hashtag, stock neutral. So, obviously.
0: You just read this so I get roasted on the podcast?
2: I mean, I agree with it. You know, as your producer, that I do have an issue with your jazz voice, but it's fine. It's fine.
0: (laughs) My jazz voice, voice?
2: You're just like, it's like, I call it your back voice. It's like, you talk like this, and you know? Explain I to the people. R- I
0: really don't understand the difference. Which like, is is this weird. my back voice right now? Yeah. And then what's my front voice?
2: Like, Hi, I'm Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that too front for you? <laughs> you Pinocchio. Is that what you want, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do the whole goddamn read <laughs> with that if you want.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: why are you fronting? <laughs> no. okay, Pick one.
2: Do your instant voice. Ravel
0: or Pinocchio. Pick one. <laughs> That's the only lanes I got. <laughs>
2: Just Do your instant voice or not. Nah.
0: I don't know what that... Do the line then. What? Do the opening.
2: <laughs> for USC Fobble.com. Keely or Christian Twino for analysis of Family Feud.
0: Hey Keely, uh it was
2: Yep. It does sound different.
0: All right, I guess.
2: <laughs> okay. On on that note, uh time for some take leave. Wait, Christina. he's saying I'm
0: silky smooth on instant.
2: Yeah. Literal gravel but right a, now. But
0: a data a, a bag of dead cats on this.
2: He said literal gravel, which I would agree. Sorry.
0: Wow, (laughs) he just played us off. He
2: just gave us the wrap-up. That
0: never happens. I
2: know. Come on, Shotty. Now you know how we feel. Chris, it's time for some Take or Leave It. Go for it.
0: Uh, Guys, October is almost over. We did
1: Halloween candy last Um,
0: week. Yeah, exactly. Spooky season's almost over. I actually forgot to write the intro for this. This is all off the dome right now. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, So, what... What's going on this weekend, guys? Halloween. It's fucking Halloween, guys. (laughs) And as you know, we've been pretty busy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we don't, we haven't been able to get the costumes. And since we've been so busy, Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of other people are busy with their lives. And they haven't also been able to go out and get costumes. So that's why, thanks to our fake corporate sponsor for the week, Spirit Halloween Store. Oh, who are putting out limited edition Peristyle costumes. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what an honor. Of of, of you guys okay. and of the team. I'm not official member, so I don't get an official costume. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. My actual you know, like when you go in the store and it says like scary clown, it's knockoff, mine is unofficial podcast member. <laughs> Hispanic unofficial <laughs> podcast member. What? That's what mine says. What do you wear? You for? guys are branded. We're not getting to that right okay, now. Okay. We do. We can walk you through some of these costumes for the ladies. I know we have some lady fandoms. Uh, <laughs> lady fandoms. Lady fandoms. You have the Keeley costume. Oh, no. It comes with a Keeley sweater, a boots, a mic, and a play phone full of sources. It will buzz intermittently with scoops throughout the party. <laughs> we have a couple lines you can do for that. I'm going to read a couple off the list they gave me. You can do the classic. uh <laughs> You can do, I think I'm gonna teeve it. <laughs> or you can do stock neutral baby and watch all the the eye rolls. Yeah. Obviously, Shottington, this one's easy. You just get with accessories because all you gotta do is put on the dress suit, the dress pants, some sneakers, uh, your favorite baseball cap, whatever it is, the more interesting the better. Backwards. But this one comes with a pack of monster. <laughs> yep. A nifty participation chart. And a and a nice little, tuft of hair <laughs> wig. We throw that in for you, baby. It even comes with a little beard if you want to throw the be- if you want to go quarantine shotgun. Oh, uh, yeah. So you wow. get the option there. We got our own little catchphrases for him to catch the damn ball. Of course, uh, always favorite. That
2: is a, a shotgun line. For we got
0: sure. a whoa 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 and whoa. And then the always favorite. I'll be brief, <laughs> and then just don't be brief. Yeah. Obviously, talk for the next hour. Take Halloween, give it a USC twist and leave everyone uh, talking about your spooky season fit. Uh Spirit Halloween, don't worry, it will be an abandoned Radio Shack storefront in about three <laughs> weeks. So thank you to Spirit Halloween. Go pick those up. There are not a lot in stock, limited edition. Um Gerard Martinez, only five of those, so we gotta go wow. find them. Yeah. Wow. Um, so thank you. Uh, what, what Spirit are his Halloween. Catchphrases? Uh, right now I do not have that okay. list. Okay, Sorry. I do not have that list. Something about video games. Something, something <laughs> video games.
2: YouTube.
1: <laughs> no, IRL, you know. Yeah, he's live blogs and IRL. Live so, blogs
0: and IRL. Sure,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Let's get into these. Jackson Dart will start against Arizona.
2: Aye, aye, aye.
1: Leave
0: it.
2: I'm going to leave it because I don't think it's him starting time. Okay. This week, that's not a real sentence, but you know what I mean.
1: Some people think that it's going to happen because they're like, "Oh, Arizona's the team you would want him to face, so we can get confidence and blah 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 blah."
2: I, it's just such a big move to do that. Like you then signal Keaton, your kind of your future at USC is kind of true sure. over. So I don't, I don't know.
0: USC has had two decommitments in the last. Two weeks or so, three since the firing of Clay Helton, USC will have a top 25 class in 2022. We'll finish with a top 25 class.
2: So new coach has been there for like nine months?
1: No,
0: class in
1: twenty twenty. Oh, I hate this. No, leave it. I'm going to take it. I think there's going to be some fire from whoever comes in. They're going to pick up some stuff that people will be surprised by
2: pick up some stuff.
1: Pick up some stuff. Plus Devin Brown keeps climbing up the rankings and helping their class spot out.
0: USC will be playing for bowl eligibility against BYU. You could think about take what that it. means. I'm going to take it. Take it. Oh, the thing.
2: <laughs> okay, that was creepy.
0: Uh Drake London will have at least 10 touchdowns this se- 10 touchdowns this season.
1: He's at what five
0: now? He's yeah. at five right now. Really, he's at five. He's not like a big touchdown guy. One more will be his career high.
1: Well, they tried to throw it to him before the play before both the rushing touchdowns this past game. So yes, they, yes, yes. One screen, he got to the two yard line. They gave it to Barlow. The other one, they threw it to him on the right side. It was a little bit too high. I'm gonna take it. Take it. Um, I think they're you're getting to the point in the season where you're like all right, what what do we take away from this season? Let's get the ball to Drake, boost those stats to make sure he can win the Blitnikoff. He deserves this. Let's see what we can do to help out him in that that way. So I think you're going to see, especially if you're like Arizona, like similar to what they did with Amon Ross St. Brown against Washington State, like we need to get this guy a little bit more involved and you get find four touchdowns for him. Um, and they did some different things to get him involved in that game uh, last year. So I, I think that maybe in Arizona is a, a Team where you can get multiple scores.
2: He just did the thing where he convinces me, so I'm going to take it.
0: Let's stay on the London train. London will be a top fifteen pick.
2: What was that one raw? Second round. See, that's why it's like third round. W-
0: third round. Third round? Third it's round. weird. Third or fourth? I think it's third, but third.
2: <sighs> ah, where is he in the mocks? Can I cheat?
0: He is like uh like twenty three. Twenty-one, right now. Mel Kuiper just came out and put him as his number four prospect on his big board. Big Whoa. board. Uh, so I'm gonna take it. Oh, you're believing the Kipe? Oh, I want to say Kipe. Right? Kipe. No. like the Kipe? Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah.
1: Was fourth round. Yeah, you're correct. Third Thank day. You. Thank you,
0: Michael Pittman. Second round. He will not last to the fourth round. I will tell you that.
1: No, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it though. Okay. Oh. I just don't know that he creates enough separation consistently for teams to take. Like Some of the top-end receivers you see, he does so many things and is going to be able to be used as a weapon. But I feel like teams are going to look at it and be like, does he have the speed, the top-end speed that we want of a, of a top 15 to take a wide receiver in the top 15? Because you can oftentimes find receivers a little bit later in the draft, like an Alman Ross, same round in the fourth round.
0: Absolutely right. Keontae Ingram will make the all Pac-12 teams. Not Honorable Mention because I don't really care about all Honorable Mention. He is number four in the Pac-12 in rushing right now.
2: There's three Pac-12 teams?
0: I believe it's two. I don't remember.
1: The Pac-12, I know in basketball they put 15 people on the first team. <laughs> Which is like literally like, oh, we're gonna create a roster. Right. <laughs> this is the, the all pack twelve roster. I think that's okay.
0: I'm not I'm not upset at that.
1: I'm not happy with that. Fair enough. Um I don't know how many they put on there, but I think he will end up being on there. I think they're going to rely on the run more and more. It, I mean it's slowly but surely going that way. And when they do, the offense is better. So I'm gonna take it.
2: No, I'll take it.
0: Okay. I mean, especially with C.J. Verdell being injured. I think That, mm. is, true. that is true. That's true. good point. Jalen McKenzie will take back his starting spot this week.
2: Spicy. I like it spice. <laughs> Sometimes Get me Chris, off this mic. I just need to. Sometimes Chris <laughs> does things and immediately after he finishes, he just like shakes his head look, in disappointment something, at something. himself. That was one of those <laughs> moments. So I just had to visual bit that or describe it. Now, in talking to Clay McGuire, he is still high on Jalen McKenzie. He just wanted consistency from him both in both pass pro and the run one. So I think <laughs> – forgot him. Uh, and
1: I, I'm going to take it. Oh, she was yep. about to talk herself out of it? I'm going to take it. I'm gonna leave it. I think they're gonna right. try to get Monheim's confidence back against a team like Arizona that doesn't have the quality of depth at the pass rush position. Interesting. That's a Interesting. good point,
2: actually.
0: We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. Um, that's about it. Wow. That's about it. Wow. And let's jump into the fun ones. Uh, again, shout out to Spirit Halloween. Yeah. They're probably like starting to pack it up all up. Because right they're now? about to be done. So go out there, grab your Keeley costume, your shotgun costume, your Gerard Martinez costume, or even your Ryan Abraham, which is just uh swim shorts and uh and a volleyball. That's all it is. Wow. Nice. That's all it is. is there any sunscreen? Nope. Wait, uh,
2: what's the generic podcast unofficial member? What does that involve?
0: What does that involve? What do you mean?
2: It's like just like terps everywhere. I feel like that's pretty specific.
0: Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, uh, like those bodysuits. That's Marilyn. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's all it is. That makes sense. It's okay. all it is. Uh, we have it on theme, sort of like the candy one we did, but I do have a random one that I was very excited to show you. I'm going to DM it to you right now because oh. no no amount of words can justify what I'm describing. So, very quickly, you are taking or leaving. Uh, just sent it to you the Balloon World Cup
2: oh my gosh, I saw this earlier. I'm so taking it. I used to do this as a kid with my sister.
0: Who didn't do this as a kid
1: is yeah. my question. Yeah. Um, I'm taking it. I, I do really enjoy the setup that they had. I thought that was the most interesting part. Very quickly, can you describe what it is? So the Balloon World Cup is you know, basically who can pop a balloon up in the air. We've Not pop that.
2: it. It's like keep, keep it up.
1: Keep it up, yeah. Bump bump it up in the air. Um, and you're, it's a one-on-one battle. You're going to get someone else. And you can't hit the balloon downward. It has to be hit uh, upward. But the room that they're in... I love it. The landscape that they're in... (laughs) Is very interesting. There's couches, there's a car, there's tables, there's like a old uh, um, game, uh, Galaga game or something. I don't know which, which game it is there, but there's a lot of different things. So the car gets used the most because it's the hardest to get around. But the players are all wearing helmets, which I think is very interesting because <laughs> some you... of them,
0: like some of these, are dives over tables and the, they're hitting themselves. Because the, so. we
2: know you're very into head and
0: head, spinal cord, you're a big, big neck and <laughs> head injury. And that table looks like it has no padding. On the side, it looks pointy.
1: Yeah, yeah. This looks like it could be it's dangerous. real out here. Um, so it's very interesting. You know, it's basically can you get it over the car before? Uh, and and I, f- I wonder what the rules are on blocking out and different things mm. like that. I think imagine, I just get
0: out of the way. I think imagine the film to.
2: study on this. You're like, <laughs> oh man, he always hits the balloon over this. And you're like, that's intense.
1: Choosing when to hit the balloon. You yeah. wait till it gets to the bottom. You know, there's, there's a lot of different strategies in this, yep. but it, it seems very interesting. Uh, I saw this uh, a couple weeks ago and, and thought it was it was pretty hilarious to see how hard these guys were working and that I would not do well in it. Would you do it?
2: Oh yeah. 100%.
1: Sure, I would beat
0: Keeley, but... I you would... two versus each other. is. What oh, I'm I
2: would beat him sideways all the time. What's that phrase?
0: Beat him sideways. Left,
2: right, and Sunday. <laughs> Something about like that. Yeah. What? Clearly Nailed my brain it. isn't working Nailed today. it.
1: Nailed it. Yeah, it wouldn't be working on Balloon World Cup either against me. <sighs>
2: Hello, right. I trained for this as a child. You're going down. You're 80. I can do this.
0: <laughs> as we know, every year there's costumes that come out in October that kind of represent the year that has happened. Mm-hmm. Pop culture, memes, things that have happened this year. So we're just going to run through 10, you're going to tell me if you take it or leave these 2021 relevant que- uh, costumes. Oh, All right. no. I okay. need
1: clarification, as in take it or leave that I would wear it, or take it or leave that it's a good like costume. Like if you saw
0: it at the party, would you, you would be like, I, I, I like that okay. costume, I mess with that. Got okay. it. Okay? Uh, this one's a little more recent. Uh, Squid Game characters.
1: I haven't seen it. Leave it. Don't know anything about it. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah.
0: It. Oh, didn't there a USC connection there, I believe, with the creator of
1: it?
2: I believe so, yes.
0: So it is relevant. Uh, the Bernie Sanders cold meme.
2: Which one is that one? Sitting,
0: Take it. Sitting in the chair, all uh, oh, bundled up.
2: That was 2020. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Was that 2021? Because it was inauguration. Yes. This year is <laughs> a lifetime. Um, I'm going to leave it. It's kind of old.
0: It. He is old, yes. No, the meme itself. So. <laughs> so if you saw someone just chilling a party, just like mittened up, bundled up. If they're they're acting it out well, no, I'm taking it.
2: Okay, gotcha. then maybe yeah.
0: Kim K at the Met Gala. <laughs> leave it. I don't know anything about it.
1: Oh, this is the all black, just shadow shadow person. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna take it just because I think it'd be hilarious to see.
1: I'm still leaving it. Still leaving it. Okay. I would think it was someone's shadow,
0: like Peter Pan. Olivia Rodrigo's album cover, Sour.
2: I think I might do that for Halloween because I want to put stickers on my face.
0: Leave it. I <laughs> don't know what this is.
2: Once again, he's old. Continue. No offense to anyone who else doesn't get it. You're not old. I just want to insult Shocking and Shocking only. Mm-hmm, sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Way to talk to our
0: listeners like that. <laughs> A COVID vaccine.
2: How? You can, you're, create, you're, something. You can create something. Okay. i leave it. Leave it. Too much of the world. Yeah.
0: Too much of the world. You I mean
2: like we've seen it so it's like so much.
0: Too heartbreaking. Among Us characters.
2: Ooh, that's fun. Chris and I played Among Us. There's this, this stretch of play uh of period where we played it a lot.
0: Don't know what shotgun was. He had no clue. He yeah, had no clue. So you're taking
2: shotgun's it shotgun's kinda sus. Uh I'll take it.
0: I don't know. It's almost like
1: I've been invested in you know watching this Here team. Here we go. Oh, my
2: them. God. That, we were doing that in the off-season, so nice try.
0: The, the <laughs> Suez Canal ship. <laughs> I don't know how this would be done,
1: but I'll take just it. Like, just, b- well. just
0: block the corridor of every party. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're backed up. Can't get to the bathroom. I think that'd be funny. Take it.
2: Uh, I'll take it just for I want to see how it's executed.
0: Uh the billionaire space race. So Jeffrey Bezos and all those guys in those blue suits for the whatever the thing is, blue
2: Leave it. Leave it.
0: For rich people. <laughs> <laughs> Who got better skin? <laughs> Apparently. I mean if I'm better than us.
2: I didn't say that. That's okay. What I heard. continue. Olympic
0: gold medalist.
2: Yeah, I'll take that.
1: Meh. I mean it's tried and true, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like you can't do it every single year or every four years if you want.
0: And finally, yes, an NFT.
2: But how would you dress up as that? Look.
0: Don't question I, I'm it. I'm not. It's just however you want to do it. Just assuming that someone did it well, I would take it.
2: Sure, I'll take it.
1: Well, that's creative.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not be like, I would never do that.
2: <laughs> he was like pleasantly surprised.
0: And that is the fun ones.
1: At what? Whoa.
0: Well, since. I was ready. Yes. And since this is the last time we'll see each other before Halloween.
1: I didn't even realize Halloween was this weekend.
0: Yeah. That's how angry you are.
1: Someone said something to me. I was like, wait, when is that? What weekend is that? Oh, this week. Oh, this weekend. Oh. Do I have to be a part of that? (laughs) Do I have to be a part of
0: that? I just want a quick Halloween. Story, memory, anything—you know—something. What was your first costume? What was the costume really excited about? Do you have a a, a crazy uh, uh, trick or treating story? Were you a kid who didn't like trick or treating? Did you give away your candy? Did you hustle your candy at school? <laughs> anything wow. related to Halloween? Wow, wow, wow. I'm stalling so you guys can think about it. Thank I was you. A, I, for 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 reference, I was a I was a cow for my first Halloween. <laughs> Nice. I had udders. Think about that. You could have oh. milked me at a little party. Uh,
2: <laughs> a little party. At a
0: little party. It was a little like a little toddler party. Okay. It was a bunch of babies. Little, little babies. Okay. Um, with toddler so who droobers? Does any, yes, with toddler droobers. <laughs> does anyone have anything? Uh,
2: my first Halloween costume, I was a bunny. It was crocheted by my grandma. Oh. And I looked very cute. Also, to give you just a little teaser into... You know, the world that is Keely or that's not really known. I'm just going to say one of my Halloween costumes one year, I dressed up as a character with my friends who dressed up as other characters from Naruto. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. <laughs> Chris's face. From what? Same thing. <laughs>
0: oh. Uh, were you, uh, what's her face? No. The blonde one?
2: No. Oh, she's oh. annoying. <laughs>
0: um,
1: My favorite costume I've ever been was, I was a blue man.
0: From Blue Man Group.
1: From Blue Man Group. <laughs> Did the paint get with, everywhere? With, <laughs> with a it was a group costume with three other girls that were Blue Man Groupies, so they <laughs> wore all white, and we put blue handprints all over everything. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> Which was hilarious. So it was great. Huh, interesting. I and I didn't have to talk all night, so it was great. Chris, you would love it. Chris. How
0: old were you? This was.
1: When I was out here. So question: Question,
0: years. would you have let me been a groupie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> this question was inspired just by Shotgun being bums he couldn't do a Captain Planet group That's true. costume. Very true. I've always wanted. He went to a different blue, a different shade of blue. <laughs> um, okay, okay.
1: Is there one costume that you had to wear multiple years?
0: Uh, n- just because I like doing it, Power Rangers.
2: Power Which color?
0: Uh, I was White Ranger one year, and then I think I was uh, Gold Ranger.
2: A Gold (laughs) Ranger.
0: Gold Ranger. (laughs) Um, And probably Red Ranger at one point. Wow. Yeah.
2: As a girl, if you never have an idea and it's last month, you're like, I'll be a princess again. Like, it's just like, (laughs) that's what happens. (laughs) I'll be a princess. (laughs) I'll be a princess.
1: Yeah, we just were like, I don't have a costume. All right, grab a uh, sheet. And you got a toga. Go for it.
0: <laughs> Boom. My done. dad made
1: me a little crown with uh with twigs and stuff and I just went with it. Look at you twigs. Nice. Then I was like, I'm just gonna use that next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's gonna be next year.
2: Well everybody have a safe and joyous Halloween.
0: When's that again?
1: <laughs> Sunday.
2: <laughs> Sunday Sunday. Is that it, Chrissy T?
0: That is it for me. This you is can the take most
2: mid season podcast of a losing season I've ever heard. It's just like we we're just very you know it is what it is. I feel like
0: it is wow what it is it is what it is what it is what it is though.
2: Uh, this weekend is homecoming, I believe, for USC. That's In- true.
0: Congrats for you guys.
2: Well, wow. I have the rectangle.
0: I don't know
1: what that means. <laughs> this is my ten year, actually.
2: Congrats! What happens if I just keep talking and you? like you're not going to forcibly remove me from this podcast security
1: I mean you have control over the editing anyway so right. True. You do whatever you want
2: alrighty that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Family Feud podcast that's shocking. I'm Keely that's Chris I almost forgot you and I'm sorry we'll see y'all next week bye
0: notice how it worked she ended it <laughs> okay picture this